Welcome to The Shift, the podcast that empowers you to make a change in your life and chase your dreams with passion and purpose. If you are tired of feeling stuck in a life that doesn't fulfill you, if you have big dreams and ambitions but struggle to turn them into reality, if you want to break free from self-doubt and limited beliefs, Join us every week to listen to inspiring stories from regular people just like you, actionable insights, and the motivation you need to make the shift towards your own dreams. And please don't forget to share, subscribe, and leave us a review to help spread the message and inspire others. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today I have a pleasure to have Andrew Lidham. Andrew is a CEO and father at Self Storage Stewardship. And the way actually, no, this is how it all started. So I was on Facebook scrolling through the posts, and one of the posts that popped up was actually Andrew's post. He talked about his journey uh, working as an engineer, as a W2 employee, and quitting in just one year to go to full speed into the self storage, uh, self storage world. And that story sort of resonated with me in a way that how I was shifting and I thought this is the Andrew would be the perfect person to come to our show and talk about his journey because this is what our show is all about, right? Our show is about to inspire you to do what you always dreamt of doing to become who you always wanted to become. And without further ado, Andrew, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much, Eugene. I'm glad to be here and uh, glad to be with your uh, with your listeners. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, before we start talking about all this awesome stuff, now why don't you introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, whether you're married or not, you have yeah. kids, like, yeah, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, married. I've got four kids from 11 down to four, two girls and two boys. My background was in uh, structural engineering and just recently made the shift a couple years ago to, to being full-time in real estate, specifically in self-storage. And I'm out in, uh, out in Virginia. So nice, nice. So you were working as a structural engineer, right? For how many years? I was working for 12 years, 12 years. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a long time, right? So what let's talk about why did you actually think about moving from being a structural engineer? Like what exactly happened? Like you were not happy. Did you want to do something else? Like why did you decide to move from being a structural engineer? Yeah, it was, uh, I'll, I'll definitely say it was somewhat of a gradual process. I was, uh, I kind of got into structural engineering. I say that I became an engineer by default. I was just on the path graduate high school, go to college. When I went to college, I, I liked math. So it was like, all right, well, math teacher or engineer, 
probably provide a little better for a family doing the engineer route. So I did engineering, was a really good student, got that first entry job. I, I excelled at what I was doing, but it was never something I was passionate about. Um, I definitely am not, um, I spent time designing and, um, uh, inspecting bridges and structures and stuff, but I'm not running, looking at them when I'm driving down the road. And, uh, so, so yeah, it was, um, the work was, I enjoyed the problem solving aspects of it. Um, but just as I, as I got higher and higher on that corporate ladder, it was just more and more demands. Mm -hmm. And, um, ultimately that's what it came down to. There was an opportunity for me to take that next step and just really, um, had one of those eye-opening conversations with my wife and just when it came down to it is this is the path we're on and where it's heading. And I don't think it's going where we want to go. Um, I think we want to be, uh, doing something different and, um, I just, at that point, felt really stressed out and overwhelmed and like I didn't have anything else, anything more to give. And um, and so apart from that bigger paycheck, it was going to be a lot of sacrifices for me to continue, continue on. And um, so it was it was kind of the culmination of all of those things um, to paired with being a dad of four young kids and seeing how time just flies by and just wanting to wanting to be present wanting to be there um and uh, be more present physically and mentally i was finding myself just even when i'm at home i'm laying in bed thinking about thinking about work pro projects which doesn't necessarily go away when you're <laughs> working for yourself but um you have a little bit more control over it yeah so absolutely and uh, that's, uh, I know it could be very over, overwhelming. Uh, I know it's, it's going to be uh, very overwhelming because one of the things that, uh, this is one of the things that also has been happening to me when I, when I was on W2. Mm -hmm. and, and I know how important it is to be present, especially with four kids, right? Yeah. And wife and you have four kids and it's, yeah. So. Tell me a little bit more about what made you choose to go into a self-storage route. Yeah, so I, years before, probably in 2015 was when I started pursuing real estate investing. I just, we had started a college fund for my oldest daughter and she was five at the time and being an engineer, I'm a planner and analytical. And so it was pretty clear to me that that wasn't, uh, saving through a 529 plan wasn't going to do the trick <laughs> that I needed to find some other investment vehicle. So I just started searching and found real estate through some of the just groups and blogs and books and stuff and dove into that. And so I, started just in the the rental space just um some multifamily residential duplexes and triplex and so i'd been doing that a number of years and it was doing exactly what i thought it would but when i stepped back and 
kind of plotted out the course of how long is this going to take me to get to where I want to go, it was a very linear path and it was going to take longer than I, than I liked. And so that's kind of what led me to looking at the commercial space, the multifamily apartments, mobile home parks, self-storage, things that are valued based on their performance, not by comps in the neighborhood and how many bedrooms they have. It's comped by people are buying those just like they're buying businesses. They're buying it based on the revenue and what the, the performance of the asset is. So you really eliminate that glass ceiling, so to say, and have a lot more ability to grow exponentially and add a lot more value to, to properties. So I evaluated those three and landed on self-storage for a number of reasons, just the recession-resistant nature of it. When the economy's booming, people are buying stuff and need place to put it. When you're in a recession, people are downsizing and not wanting to get rid of their stuff, so they still need a place to put it. It's able to be run remotely. It's a simple business. It's not, not easy, but it's simple. And the systems are fairly straightforward. And, and it's a little bit less institutionalized than, say, multifamily where there's still probably about half the market that are mom and pop that own one or two of these. And so it provides a little bit more ability to get some of those off-market deals to deal with owners directly. And while the market's consolidating, there's still a lot of those out there. And so I felt like it was something that I could get my foot in the door and uh, get going while working a full-time job. I felt like that was... Hey, yo. Just a quick interruption. Would love to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Y2 Capital Group Debt Fund. You know, with so much uncertainty, Y2 Capital Group Debt Fund was created to give accredited private investors a peace of mind. It helps investors to park their money short and long term, has 90 day liquidity, no management fees, keep investors' money safe and secure. Provides stable high yield returns of 7 to 10% annually, depending on the investment size, and compounds investors' interest rate on a monthly basis. Just FYI, Y2 Capital Group doesn't accept everyone. The best way to see if this is the right management for you and Y2 Capital Group is to jump on the discovery call. The link to book a call is probably down below in our show notes. And back to our episode full-time job, I felt like that was a little bit going to be a little tougher in some of the other asset classes. Man. So that's, that's really an engineer talking a bit of you, right? Like uh, just engineering your own path. Yes. <laughs> trying to minimize the number of years and the effort to get where you need to go. That's, that's right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So. Okay, so let's step back for a second. So we know you've been an engineer. We know that you chose self-storage for various reasons that you just described. Tell me a little bit more about the thoughts and the fears and all the things that you had within yourself before you made a switch, right? Like mm-hmm. having a wife, having four kids, probably having a mortgage or and other expenses. And moving from one 
job that I would say you knew pretty well at that point, right? To something new, to something yes. unknown that you haven't done before. Tell me a little bit more, like, how scary it was? Like, what fears did you have? Like, what limited beliefs did you have? And how did you overcome it? Yeah, I would... I would say I'll kind of go to two different seasons. Prior to, there was a decision point where I decided I'm, I'm all in. I am going to make this happen. But prior to that, I would say that this wasn't even on my radar. It was maybe an idea that, yeah, it'd be nice at one point in life to be able to step away from engineering. But... The commercial real estate, these, in my mind, these just massive things, those, that's for other people. That's for the people that are just killing it. And that's not me. I'm not an entrepreneur. I didn't grow up starting all these businesses. I went with the flow. Just didn't rock the boat. And so it wasn't even really on my radar. It was... It was something that was for other people. And so I think that was, that was a huge limiting belief that I had that I didn't even know I had. <laughs> uh, it was just, I had counted myself out before the race even started. And so it really came to that decision point where I realized that, yeah, we weren't on the path going to where we wanted to go. It's like, we can either continue down this path only to have to backtrack later and try to hop the rails to, to another thing, or we just, we buckle down and make this thing happen. And so it really, I think it got to that, that decision point where the why and the motivation and the pain was enough to to switch something in my brain that instead of this isn't possible, this isn't something that I can do to I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. And we're going to, we're going to throw ourselves into this and it's other folks have done this and it's possible. And, and it definitely was, there definitely were a lot of fears. There's a lot of fears of the unknown, a lot of, as an engineer, I definitely am not the ready fire aim. I'm the ready aim, 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 <laughs> making sure everything's laid out, every contingency thought of, which doing something like this, there's just no way that you can think through every scenario, every step. And so that was probably the biggest hurdle is getting over the, the mental block of, I have to map out every step of the way to no, I just need to take the next step and take mm -hmm. action and trust that I'm going to be able to figure out and work through problems as they come. And not just me surrounding myself with other folks and borrowing the confidence of others who are years ahead of me on this path who have the experience who can be resources and so for those reasons i hired a coach i joined some mastermind groups 
and tried to surround myself with people that where I didn't have the confidence maybe in myself, I knew that as this group that is around me, folks that own storage, folks who are already doing this, that whatever comes up, somebody's been through this before and will be able to, to help me through it and we'll figure it out. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's it. So many nuggets that you just dropped that are so important for people to write it down. Guys, I encourage you to write this down. You know, I'm taking notes myself right down as uh, Andrew speaking at our show. And I encourage you to do the same because what Andrew is talking right now is so important for you to take the first step into becoming what you wanted to become, right? Because as if you're stuck in your environment and if you're stuck in your couch, in your, in your environment, you may not achieve what you want to achieve. And rewind a few minutes back from this moment and just listen again to what Andrew was saying, because it was gold. Thanks, Andrew. I really appreciate, really appreciate you sharing that. But just going slightly back again, you mentioned that the why, the pain that you had, and to make things happen at all costs, what was that why? What was that pain? Like, let's go deeper a little bit into that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was... It was centered around a big part of it was my family and what I had to offer them. I was at the time just feeling very overwhelmed, very stressed, struggling on and off with some mild depression. And when I got home, I was just wiped out and didn't have a lot more to give and just felt it felt like it was very difficult for me to, I mentioned it before, but being present, being present mentally, physically, just engage with them. And so that was a big part of it. Wanting to be more involved in their lives and be more intentional with those relationships. But the other thing too is I wanted, I felt like I had untapped gifts in me untapped things that God placed in me that weren't being utilized to their max and wanted to find a way to one, even figure out what those were and two, to be able to have the time and the space and the bandwidth to, to utilize those, to be able to have the bandwidth to serve other people, to, to be able to teach. I really, I've always loved teaching and mentoring and wanted to get to the place where if I saw a need, my immediate default response wouldn't be, no, I'm too busy, but being able to have the bandwidth to be able to jump in and, and serve that need to help folks. And so, so all of that, that kind of led to the name of the company I started, self Storage Stewardship. Yeah. Maximizing time, talents, and resources was really 
that was my why. I wanted to maximize the time that I have and the resources that I have and the talents that I've been given to be able to make the biggest impacts that I can. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. And you mentioned that you had untapped gifts that you didn't know you had at that time. And I think a lot of people are searching for those, for those gifts, right? And mm -hmm. all the people searching probably through, through the whole life. And some people find it, some people don't. How did you find yours? Like what sort of, what made, what was the, that aha moment uh, <laughs> that brought you to a realization of, oh, wow, this is my gift. Yeah, I would say that one, I'll say that I, I'm not arrived. I'm still on that journey, <laughs> figuring it out. But I think that one of the litmus tests that I use is, is this something that drains and depletes me or is this something that gives me energy? When I'm doing it, am I fulfilled and energized by doing this thing? And so there are those things that particularly like when it comes to teaching and relational things, particularly the one-on-one -on -one type of situations where I just love that. I, it's, it's energizing to me. Now, being around a lot of people and big conferences and stuff, that's draining to me. I'm, I'm definitely more on the introvert side, but, but as far as teaching and, and trying to figure out how to simplify complicated things so that people can understand. I really enjoy that. And as well as just the ability to see things from different perspectives, the, the engineering side of me that led me into engineering, the, the math and analytical side, I enjoy that, those things as well. So. There were just some of the things. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Hey, guys, so here's your litmus test. Figure out what's giving you energy and what's draining your energy. So I think that's awesome, man. I never thought about it from this particular angle. And I think uh, I'm going to start using it myself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's so cool, man. So, for the question that mm -hmm. I, th I think would be interesting, not only to me, but also to the audience, is how did you quit your W2? Did you say, like, I'm off? Or, tell me a little bit more, like, how did that happen? How did you quit? Yeah, so I, I spent about a year doing of just working a lot, <laughs> working mornings, evenings, weekends on the self-storage stuff. And then I was able to, I closed on my first two self-storage facilities and both of them were pretty heavy lifts. So it was going to be a little time before the cash flow was where I needed it to be. But through what I was doing, 
I was connected with a, a local investment group that focused more on multifamily apartments, but they were open to self-storage and it asked me if I wanted to come join their team and help mm -hmm. with some of their projects. And so I was able to step away from engineering and join their team for, for a little over a year while my facilities were kind of ramping up. Mm -hmm. And so this past January was when I, I was able to work in, in the real estate space working with investors, working on projects, doing the underwriting, setting up various projects. And so that was really enjoyable to me. But once my projects were, I wanted to be able to focus more intently on those. So uh, this past January was when I stepped in and just uh, focused solely on my, uh, on my business and really getting my properties to where they need to be and looking for more properties. And so, yeah, that's kind of how that process looked. Okay, cool. So it, so it seems like you're, you had some exposure to self-storage to real estate projects while you were in W2. Well, uh, no, so yeah, I guess, so while I was in W2, actually when I made the decision to to move into commercial, I only knew one person in self-storage. Okay. So then I started digging into self-storage. I hired the coach. I joined the mastermind group. So I did all that while, while working my W-2 and then was looking for deals, all of that. It was right around when I closed on my first facility that I stepped away from my W-2. And then I stepped into that role with that other investment group worked with them and and then about a year later transitioned fully to working on my storage full time. Luminous. Nice. I hear there's a a very interesting thing where I think a lot of people also struggle with time management. Right? Mm -hmm. So you're on W two four kids, why? Could could be mortgage, other things. Now you come home very stressed. You don't want to think about anything else. Yes. But yet, but yet, you still find time to work on your side hustle, side mm -hmm. projects, right? And find self storage deals. Tell me a little bit more about how did you time manage that? Yeah, it was one, I, I'll say, I I started while I was kind of dabbling in the beginnings of looking at what I wanted to do. I took about, I did a 60 day coaching session with some folks that was really focused on mindset, kind of working mm -hmm. through some of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, some really digging down into what is my motivation? What's my why? What are those desires that I'm after? and really hammering that down so that when things got tough, I had that motivation to push me through. So that was key. The other key was knowing this season is not forever. I would, for sure, it was not sustainable. <laughs> Definitely a sprint 
not a marathon. It was for that year and three months that I was doing both. It was waking up at five, working two hours on my stuff, going to work, coming home, doing dinner, bedtime with the kids, then working another hour or so. And then Saturdays, really for that year, most of my Saturdays, I would be putting in five or six hours on Saturdays. Sundays were our family day. We did church and other things that I tried to reserve for us. But yeah, it was uh, definitely a grind, but it was it was with the end in mind and recognizing this season is not forever. This is, we're in this working on this, but determined to see progress and to, and to see this moving in that direction. And so, and I'll just say there is absolutely no way that I could have done this without my wife and her, one, her, her support and confidence in me and what I was doing. But during that year, I mean, she, she bore the brunt of all the work that was done that year because I mean, having four kids and essentially being a single mom for most of that was a huge sacrifice on her end. And, and so being on the same page and recognizing that we're making the sacrifice in a season, but we're doing it for this purpose. Um, was really key. That is so amazing. And it's so important to have all your partner to be on the same page, right? Because like you said, she took lots of burden mm -hmm. on herself, right? Um, yeah. And she allowed you to work on your own dreams and mm -hmm. your own stuff. So this is huge. Right, not a lot of people can say that. Not a lot of families can actually be probably on the same page. Yeah, and not all the families can be okay with that. Not all mm -hmm. the partners can be okay with that. So, I think this is huge for for those that for those people who wanted to bring their partners on their side. Like, do you have any tips on that? How to and how to sort of get to the same page. How did you do it? Yeah, I would say, one, I mean, I, I am very blessed by, with the wife that I have. She's very supportive, but I would say, if for something like this, you're on different pages, I would start with marriage and relationship is a giving thing. And so you've got to go in and you've got to understand what your spouse or your partner, what they want and really find what's driving them. What are their desires? What are their why? And is what you're doing going to help that process? And, and so I think your your whys may be different 
But if the vehicle to accomplish that is the same, then you can both get on board. Now, if there's a conflict of interest, I think that's, that's another thing. You're, you've got to work through that of compromise and being able to work through what that looks like. But if what you're pursuing is legitimately for the good of your family, for the good of your spouse, then it's really to to dig into how is what I'm doing going to be serving our family and finding those things of where can we come together and dream together of what we want and where we're headed and then how do we take a step back and figure out how do we get there and what sacrifices are we going to need to make along the way to be able to accomplish that. Man, hey guys, stay close. This is a <laughs> this is another gold nugget. I think uh, that Andrew just dropped. You know, I think we just uh, uncovered your another talent being a family therapist, man. <laughs> so cool. Man. All right, well, that's amazing. That is the amazing story. Tell us a little bit more. What was stepping back a little bit? Mm -hmm. um, did you have a person, for example, in your life that that you looked up to, right, or that made that difference in your life where you said, "Okay, yeah, I'm going into that." And who was that person? Yeah, I mean, I I think we've already kind of talked about, but. That would definitely be my wife. The having my back, being that, having that confidence in me, being willing to be right in there with me was definitely key. Gotcha. Cool. Well, let's talk about that. Let's have a, a round that is called Moment of Truth. All right. Tell us a little bit more about. What do you think your weaknesses are and what your strength is? Yeah, I think as far as weakness goes, I mean, I've got plenty. I'd say the fear of failure would be a big one. And I'd say fear of living out of seeking the approval of others and trying to not let anybody down and and so both of those are looking back i can see functioned as hindrances to me even getting started and like i mentioned before with not wanting to not wanting to make mistakes leads you to paralysis and passivity as opposed to taking those steps and in those actions that are really going to get you to your goal. So I think that those would be weaknesses. I think another weakness would be just being in touch with myself and what I feel about any different given thing, what I think about any given thing. I can quickly latch on to what others around me are feeling and kind of empathize with them. But have a hard time 
looking in myself and seeing where am I right now and <laughs> what do I need? So yeah, as far as strengths, I mean, I think that on the flip side, being able to really engage other people's and other people in a genuine way um, is a strength. The the analytical side, the planning side, just the being naturally conservative can be a strength as well. So, so yeah, and then I think that there's being able to teach and to help other folks. I really enjoy that, but I, I think I have a gift there as well. Awesome. That's cool, Ryan. I love it. I love it. Do you have any... What was the educational resource that made an impact in building your business? Or yeah, made I'd, it change in your life? Yeah, I'd say there was two that were, that were vital. I hired a coach, a one-on-one -on -one coach that worked with me to keep me... I knew that I needed that to keep me accountable uh, mm -hmm. because I knew in my mind I had decided to do this, but I also knew that I wanted to put my money where my mouth was and knew if I was investing in a coach that I would be forcing myself to take those steps of action and not be holding back and not be passive. And so that was a huge resource to me. Another one was a group the Storage Rebellion that I, I joined and was a part of that mastermind group and just the building the relationships from that was just huge. I mean, I've, I've got really good friendships to this day. I'm continuing those and involved in that group. And that was huge just to be a part of a group where it's a group that primarily is about giving. How can you show up and help others? But in the meantime, you're also receiving. And so, yeah, that was a huge resource to me. Amazing. So, so guys and gals, two things, right? If you wanna get to where you wanna get, I think having a coach, having an accountability partner, right? I think that's crucial. And joining mastermind groups and joining different, uh, even local meetups or other groups that can help you to get where you want to get with people who have already done it. I think that is also very important. This is what Andrew was just talking about. So, Andrew, thanks for sharing. I think this is great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I see someone on your right side that is, also, that is also trying to communicate with us. Yeah. <laughs> Hello there. Uh, <laughs> hey, so what was one question that you always wanted to be asked but never did? A question that I wanted to be asked? Yes. but. Never did. I guess uh, one question would be, what's the reason for the hope within me? Wow, that's deep. What is the reason for the hope in me? 
Yeah, the hope in me. And I'd answer that just uh, a follower of uh, of Jesus, and he's he's everything to me. And so that's that's what gives me hope and gives me peace and the ability to really walk through life, hopefully attempting to live with my eyes outside of myself and, and looking towards how I can serve others. That's awesome, man. And yeah, I mean, so guys, I think what Andrew is talking about doesn't, like, it doesn't matter what you believe in, right? We all believe in different things. Andrew believes in Jesus. Someone believes in something else. Whatever you believe in, I think what Andrew is talking about, you have to keep the faith. You have to keep the faith in everything that you do. And just know that you will be okay if you just keep at it, right? And keeping the hope, keeping the faith is so important. And just don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't give up on, uh, on anything that you have planned to do. Keep at it. Keep the faith. And I think you'll be okay. Would you say it's true? Yeah. Yep. As a man. Well, so a few more questions. Yeah. Before we parlay. But I think those are like fun questions. So question number one. If in 100 years, science fails to save us, and all that is left is a book about your life. What would be what would the title and the blur tell us about Andrew Lidham? I would hope that it would say that in living life he left it all on the field. That you know, he gave one hundred ten percent whatever he was doing, and love it. And he didn't hold anything back. Love it. And what would be one suggestion or one tip? to our listeners who want to take their first step or maybe already did to transform their life. Yeah, I'd say one tip. I would say get clear on what your why and your motivation is and surround yourself with the right people that can help you. Yeah. Awesome. So two tips. <laughs> Get clear with your wife. For one. <laughs> and surround yourself with the right people. Amazing. Thanks. I think this is awesome. So, so guys, if you got inspired by Andrew's story and you know, self-storage is something that you want to learn, or if you need a family counselor, I think you can connect with Andrew. Andrew, tell us how people can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. They can they can email me. My email's Andrew at selfstoragestewardship.com. Sure. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out. If anybody would like to learn more about getting into self-storage, I do one-on-one coaching for anybody interested. Be more than happy to to speak with them. Awesome. There you go, guys and gals. If you decided to learn more about self-storage, definitely connect with Andrew. I think he will be a great mentor to you. 
and the dreams that you want to go after. Andrew, thank you so much for coming to our show. It was a pleasure having you here. And I'm sure we can connect right after our show and sell it offline and talk more about shop. Yes, absolutely. It was a, a pleasure to be on with you. I thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Talk soon. All right. We hope that today's episode has inspired you to take action towards building the life you've always wanted. Don't forget to leave us a review, share, and subscribe to our podcast for more empowering stories, actionable insights, and motivation to help you make the shift towards your own dreams. Thanks again for listening to The Shift.